Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, Let me ask you a question. I know you probably can't go and respond right now, but imagine you were working for an abusive boss one day, and then next thing you know, you're on the phone with Mark Cuban. Right now, we have John White on the line with us. He's a columnist for Inc. Magazine, and he's globally recognized for his work over there. And he's done a lot of great interviews with people like Mark Cuban, Gatorade, and a lot of other great things that have been going on. Uh, He owns a company called Social Marketing Solutions, and uh, what what he's basically going to be doing today is sharing how his story of how he went from a job where he was working with an abusive boss to kind of where he is today. Uh, John, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? Hey, thanks so much, Leonard. Well, first off, I just want to say uh, thanks to you for having me on your show. It's really a pleasure to be on. Of course, um, anytime. Like you said, uh, I, um, I, I write for Inc. as well as some other outlets. And I am the founder of Social Marketing Solutions and live with my uh, two daughters and wife in Fort Collins, Colorado, where, um, where Colorado State University is located about an hour north of Denver. Awesome. Cool. So <clears throat> one of the things that you've been doing is you've been working on your personal brand for a very long time, right? Yeah, I have. Um you know, going back to around 2013 and 2014, when I really, well, before that, 2012, when I really realized that I needed to make a change in my career, I was unhappy where I was at. I was unhappy with the direction of my career and was unhappy at work, you know, and we spent so much time at work that it really should be a place that we're happy to go to that provides fulfillment not uh, overdoses of stress. Yeah, and that's definitely something that a lot of uh, people experience. They go into work every single day. They uh, originally signed up for the job because they thought they would find fulfillment, satisfaction, a purpose, and do good in the world. Then what ends up happening is a lot of these people, they end up uh, not being able to have that autonomy that they they thought they would get. They end up being stressed out, much like you, and then they just don't know what to do anymore. What What kind of work were you doing at the time? Yeah, so I had a long run in the wireless industry. So, um, you know, think back to the days of the, the Palm Trios and uh, Blackberries and flip phones, the Motorola Razor. Um, and I, I sold, you know, started out in that industry in the retail world and quickly worked my way into B2B and moved up through the ranks of, B2B sales and you know, sold the first iPhones when those came out. Um, you know, the two companies all over. And, um, you know, I had a good run in that industry, but I, you know, I kind of got molded into that B2B account rep and account manager position. And I liked it for a while. I really... You know, what I loved about it was the, the chase and, and closing big deals and 
you know, the, the, the conquer, you know, the satisfaction I got from, you know, closing deals. Um, but I, I, after a while, burnout really set in and I wanted to do something different. And I just didn't find that opportunity in the corporate world. I just kept getting what I referred to as you know, getting pushed inside to a box. And, and I felt like I was trapped after years of doing the same role. Um, and I tried, you know, job jumping, thinking that would help. Uh, it, it, you know, maybe it was just the uh, company and it jumped around and, and actually got worse um, after a while. I, you know, ended up going through some, uh, as you mentioned in the intro, uh, an abusive boss that almost broke me. Um, and so I kind of, you know, went on a sort of a downward spiral in my, spiral in my career. Like I said, I had a good run and, you know, the, the job jumping just really didn't work out for me. And so I kind of sat at sort of a crossroads in, in my corporate career. And I knew I had to do something different break out of the box that I was getting uh, casted into over and over again. Yeah, well, you get put, you get put, you get when it's breaking you. It's very easy to just watch, like, yourself slowly disappear. You're like, I used to be this fun, loving, charming person. Now, all of a sudden, like, watch it keep dying day by day by day. I mean, I've been there myself, and it's not really a fun place to be. Um, like, what kind of emotions were you feeling at the time? Like, did it affect your personal life? Did it affect anything else? Like your time out with friends? Uh, like that's a lot of pressure you were under. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, that, that environment that I worked under for so long in a corporate in, you know, sales job and account manager position, it is a lot of pressure. And it's a, what have you done for me lately type position. Mm. So, you know, you're never kind of, you know, out of the weeds, if you will, even if you have a good month, you know, the next month they're, they're looking at, you know, you exceeding what you did the, the previous month and it doesn't matter that you were the number one sales rep, you know, and so what have you done for me lately? And so working under that type of pressure definitely wears on you. And then when you have bad leadership and you combine that pressure environment with a uh, a manager that compounds that pressure and makes it worse and more intense, you know, it definitely affects the other areas of your life. It affects your health, your relationships with your friends and family. Um, I found myself becoming more short. Um, I found, you know, depression setting in. Uh, I felt trapped in, in this job because at the time my wife and I, we had a, a plenty of stress going on. We had a, a young toddler um, and we were remodeling and doing a massive re, um, um, addition onto our home. So we were living in an apartment and all of our stuff crammed into this little apartment. And then I, you know, I had this super stressful job and, you know, dealing with contractors and, and, and all of that. So, you know, it was just stress overload in, in my life at that point in time. Uh, but luckily the house got built and um, I quit that job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it takes a lot to really go out there. Uh, it really takes a lot to go out there and go, oh my God, I can't deal with this anymore. I just got to go out there and quit. Um, so, I mean, did you have a plan when you quit or did you just go, I just can't do this anymore and I got to go? 
No, uh, that was part of one of my job jumps. I ended up jumping to another <laughs> another corporate um, business development manager position. Um, and that was a good move because I got away from that um, abusive boss relationship. But I was still in a high-pressure sales position. I was still over that role. You know, I was seeking to do something different. And although I gotten away from the abusive boss, I was still in, you know, doing a job that I really, you know, I was just kind of going through emotions with at that point in my career, honestly, um, just working for something different. So basically it just felt like the same thing, but you were in a different box. So you moved from one box to another. Yeah. Same, same type position, um, you know, quota driven, high pressure numbers, um, sales role and um, you know like I said early on in my career I did enjoy the chase I enjoyed closing deals but you know the, the burnout had set in by that point and I was doing something that I didn't enjoy I was going in and you know to the office and I was going through the motions um, and I really didn't know um, you know how to break out of that mold because you know, even I, the upward mobility options at those companies, you know, moving up into management really wasn't appealing to me at the time either because I saw all of the pressure that the management was under um, and they didn't seem happy either. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think your, your, your happiness is, you know, more important than ultimately than your, your paycheck. Yeah, definitely. And some people sacrifice really their happiness for their paycheck. And I, you know, I don't know if you know money alone can can make you happy. I think can. I don't know. You know, there's studies that say once you hit seventy grand a year, after that, your happiness doesn't really go up. And I don't know. Like the more money I make and the more money I spend, I don't really feel myself getting much happier either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's something to be said to you know, being, feeling fulfillment with your job and being happy with where you go every day and what you do and the people you deal with. Um, yeah. I just I remember back to those corporate days and I used to talk about the pit in your stomach feeling and um, you know, the weekend was set out great. Oh, it's Friday night. Phew, I'm away from that place. Then you know, yeah. Saturday would be there before you'd know it, and then you know Sunday would hit, and you know about noon on Sunday, the kind of the, the reality check would hit. Oh my gosh, I have to go to work tomorrow, and you know just that anxiety and pain in your stomach, feeling like wait, what's settling? I don't have that anymore. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Man, you describe it so well too, just like you're living it right now. <laughs> Exactly. And like whoever's listening to this is probably like, I have that pain. I feel it. I'm there. I got to get out. So, so many people are there. And, you know, when I, when I go out and speak and when I go to networking events, um, you know, so many people come up to me and they, they tell me exactly what you said. You know, I'm where you were at. You know, what can I do to get out of this place? I feel trapped. Um. You know, they, they just they don't see a way out. 
Yeah, and it's really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like when I was working at American Honda earning $16.24 an hour doing this BS job, I was like, oh, look, I've been sitting here year after year. Oh, look, Obamacare just came out. Uh, There went like 80 bucks out my paycheck every month. Now, what am I going to eat for lunch? You know, it's like, oh, yay, I don't know anymore. And when people get in those types of situations where they're sitting there year after year, not getting raises, not moving up, not really seeing what's going on, just being in the same monotonous box. It's like that light at the end of the tunnel doesn't really exist. I mean, you could probably reach it, but then you can't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It seems it seems unattainable. I mean, I, I think back to you know where I was, and I couldn't have imagined at that point uh, you know, being my own business owner and owning a marketing agency and being in control of my own destiny, it just seemed unattainable, honestly, and I I didn't really have a path, you know, towards achieving that. Yeah, and finding that path is really hard when you're just looking straight forward, (laughs) right? Well, yeah, you're responsible. I mean, I was responsible for that number <laughs> every month. Yeah. You know, it starts over at zero, and you're, what have you done for me lately? Kind of a corporate sales role. And so, yeah, it's very hard to have that creativity outside of what, you know, you're, you're living and, you know, trying to deliver for your company. And of course, you're also pigeonholed when you're in the corporate world to doing it their way. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the, one of the, the places I built my personal brand first, it really kind of all the magic happened for me was LinkedIn. Hmm. And I just remember my, my sales manager, the one that was verbally abusive, you know, this was back in 2011 and even back then I was using it LinkedIn for, for prospecting in my sales role. And he told me that he told me that he thought I was wasting my time on LinkedIn and I needed to, to get off the, you know, off my computer and, and pick up the phone and, and make some sales. <laughs> so <laughs> how much he knows right now, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, So, I I mean, while you're working there and you're sitting at your desk, just going out there and doing all these different things, and you realize that you have to go and... You're you're married, right? Yes, I am. And you have kids? Yeah, two two, two kids, two daughters, five and nine. Yeah. So you're sitting there and you want to leave your box, but then you're like, oh, I have my wife, I have my kids, I have to feed everyone, I have to pay my rent or mortgage and you're just like how do you want to get out of this mess yeah so, it, it really seems un, un, unattainable <laughs> yeah I mean when you look at it like that um, especially you know like you said when you have a family and I do have a mortgage and car payments and and then you look at the insurance factor as well it's a big uh, something that weighs on people's decisions you know, at least when you have a corporate job, you you may not have the best insurance in the world, depending on your job, but you have insurance that's paid for or at least um, subsidized through your employer. So that's another expense. 
And that looms out there when you're looking at, you know, making that transition from the corporate world to being, you know, your own boss. Yeah, and that transition looks nearly impossible. And why don't we do this? Why don't we let people sit on how impossible this looks and just stare into that blank abyss for a little bit? Let's go off to a commercial break, and right after that, we'll continue on maybe how to get out of that uh, scenario. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Leonard Kim. And what's your uh, uh, Twitter handle, John? Is it Juan Blanco or Blanco One? Yeah, it's Juan Blanco seventy six. Oh, Juan Blanco. Uh, my personal brand is uh, I speak Spanish, and it's John Perfect. White in Spanish. Sounds good. Well, we'll be we'll be continuing after this commercial break, and we'll see you soon. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. 
Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here with John White. If you tune into the first portion of the segment, you've been able to hear people or hear what it's like to be at that um, dead end job, stuck in a box, looking through that tunnel, looking for the light, trying to find the light, realizing the light isn't there, and just watching like how horrible it is just to continue onwards because you have responsibilities like family, house, mortgage, car payment, insurances, and all this other stuff that you have to deal with. So you can't just walk away and quit your job, right? You can't just go out there and start something new, right? Like that's just not feasible. Or is it, John? <laughs> well, in my, in my case, I had no, no choice. Um, well, I guess I did have some, some options, <laughs> but I, I was laid off from my job. Mm. And I was, so let me back up a little bit. I, I had decided before then that I needed to do something different. And my solution was to get an MBA. And so I enrolled in an MBA program, online program, doing that in the evenings, working my corporate job during the day. Mm-hmm. And it was during that program that I developed my business plan for social marketing solutions. Mm. And um, then while doing my MBA, I was developing all this content out there and I, you know, about the same time, LinkedIn opened up their blogging platform and we were writing two blogs a week on really trending business topics during my MBA. And so I wondered, you know, what do you do with this content? It just kind of sits on your computer forever after your professor reads it. And I got the epiphany one day that I could repurpose that content on LinkedIn's Pulse their, their blogging platform. And believe it or not, we were, I was doing a class on leadership and one of the posts that I was required to write was about telling a time about your worst manager and <laughs> what that experience was like and what it did to your career. And I wrote a post for the class about my abusive boss and his management style and traits and I had really great feedback from my peers, and I decided to put that post on LinkedIn. And I was at um, my corporate job, and I had the post ready, and I sat there, and I kind of was debating about whether or not to hit submit, because it was kind of, you know, uh, controversial at the time, because it you know, really didn't want to get a lot of feedback or negative feedback. I didn't mention any names, of course, in the, in the blog, but... I was so afraid that, you know, people might, uh, you know, past coworkers and stuff might uh, read it and, and react negatively to it. So I sat there, but I decided to go ahead and hit publish, and I walked away from my cubicle to go and refill my coffee and um, say hello to a few people in the morning. And I came back to my desk, and I hit refresh, and there was already thousands of views on the article wow. in the first 10 minutes of the post and likes and comments and shares. And the thing just went viral. It ended up getting over, uh, over uh, 600,000 views on that article. And so that happened. And then not long after that, um, I was offered to 
start writing professionally and mm-hmm. they were interested in paying me for my blog posts. And then not long after that, I was laid off. And so there I sat with that kind of a junction in the road. You know, I was still several months away from finishing my MBA, but I had this business plan that was done on paper. And I had a side gig rolling because I was writing blog posts and people were actually paying money for those posts. Mm-hmm. And so the decision was either I could open this business or I could, you know, go in and get another job, you know, probably similar to one that I had been getting. And um, I decided to go ahead and open my business. And my wife gave me six months to make it profitable, which is a very short leash <laughs> oh, yeah. for any startup company, uh, marketing agency, or otherwise. And literally, I things kind of happened slowly in the first five months, and then in month six, they had a, a windfall month in sales. And I went to my wife, and I was like, "Hey, I'm in business, baby. <laughs> we're, we're, we're rolling." And She's like, "You the, barely you made know, it. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't shut me down now." <laughs> and so, um, you know, ever since I've never looked back, you know, it's just kind of building and, and um, I've replaced my corporate income and actually now um, surpassed what I was making in those corporate gigs with the cushy based salaries and the bonuses, you know, um, and, and doing it all on my own and doing it all my way and living how I want to live. And it, it's, it's been a great, great ride, honestly. Awesome. That's kind of crazy how you're going from not being able to see something at the end of the tunnel to just taking something that you, you already wrote and using two magic buttons, one's Control-C and one's Control-V, <laughs> to really go and copy and paste a piece of content onto LinkedIn that you were just showing your professor and having that manifest into 600,000 views. I mean... That means there's a lot of people out there who really felt that exact same way that you did, right? And they were able to really connect with that message. It, absolutely. Well, it, you know, it's it's amazing how many micromanagers and, and, and bad, bad leaders there are out there. And people really, when they read that post, it really resonated with people. And they shared in the comments, people just kind of, uh, unloaded, you know, their stories, and, and I was very empathetic with, you know, reply to as many of them as I could, because, you, you know, I was, I was, I was once there, so, um, yeah, it is a topic that, you know, people are passionate about, and I think the the narrative around leadership has changed somewhat, you know, I think. I'm not in the corporate world anymore, um, mm-hmm. so I'm sure there's still a lot of sleazebag managers out there. Probably. But, um, you know, I do feel like that there are voices for change in in that space, which is a good thing. Yeah, there's a lot of people really going out there and pushing to be advocates of change to really up company culture because I think 
it's kind of moving out to be this little trend where <clears throat> all these companies are realizing that their employees, they're having trouble retaining them and keeping them happy. So, yeah, a lot of companies are really investing into um, figuring out how to be, make the employee more engaged and happy. Yeah, that's usually uh, like companies that can afford it too. Usually if you're in a small place, I mean, it's probably going to stay the same, right? That's right. Yeah, I think the, the corporations have a hard time with it all getting really watered down the larger they get. Yeah, especially if you have thousands and thousands and thousands of employees. It's like, are you really even making that change? It's so hard to, like work within an organization that big when things are siloed off, one department has no idea what the other department does, marketing doesn't talk to sales, sales doesn't talk to customer service, no one's communicating, and it's just like this huge interesting thing that's going on. It's like kind of weird how these companies are able to stay in business. (laughs) I've wondered the same thing while working for some of them, actually. Yeah, and at the VP level, you have people waiting to, like, retire. Then at the director level, you have people trying to please the people who are trying to retire. Then at the managerial level, you have people just being, like, micromanagers and things like that. I mean, it gets really tough. Yeah, I didn't want to be a part of that ecosystem anymore. Yeah, so now you're working on your own, and when you're working on your own, are you just doing it by yourself? Did you bring on a team, or what what are you doing now? Yeah, you know, I had a small team. Did I work with? And then, I don't think you work with specialists, so I was, you know, kind of the transition out of the corporate world to so I tell people to do what they ask me, and, and, and that's what people are looking for networking. And I've built a really strong network, not only in terms of in quantity of followers per se, but really the quality of followers is some core network, and that's um, been a big benefit to my business. Um. Uh, one minute John we're going to hop off to a quick commercial break real fast Uh, we'll be right back Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. 
My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back. Leonard Kim here with John White. If you've listened to the first uh, segment, you really got to see like what the... Uh, job market really looks like now when you're really going out there working with a boss that you don't like being trapped in a box and not being able to see a light at the end of the tunnel in the last segment what we were really able to cover is how you can have an unfortunate event such as like getting laid off and not really having an idea on what to do and kind of flip that around into a successful business kind of like what john did here uh one question that i asked john right before we went off on break and i'm going to ask him again is um if he's working alone on his business or if he has a team or anything like that uh john are you working alone on your business now or have you been able to bring on the team i know we talked about how you don't want to be in a corporate environment anymore but does that mean you're building your own team or How's that working? Yeah, thanks. So I'm building a team, and I have a small team here with me. And I've also built out a really great network since I've started this process. And, you know, a lot of people ask, well, do you need quantity followers or quality followers? And, you know, I've definitely been able to, with my blogging efforts, build up a you know, a good number of followers, but what matters most is that core network. And from that core network, I'm able to work with other experts when I have special needs on projects. So that's been a really big boost for my business in that I, I have the, those experts readily available in my network that I can work with hmm. that I you know, can, can get special help with on projects. So a small team with me here and then a larger network of experts that I can work with. Awesome. It's always good to be able to pull people from everywhere, especially if there's experts that are outside of your field of expertise that are able to help provide services for you. Uh, like, what does your company actually do? Yeah, great. So we are a um, content marketing and social media marketing 
agency, and we help uh, entrepreneurs in the tech space that have a startup idea. And we help them grow their brand and serve as their, their virtual marketing department. So we're writing content. We're helping with their SEO from their website. We are growing their social media following. We're helping them build out their brand on LinkedIn and look for prospects for their company. So each, each company that we work with has a slightly different need in terms of their sales and marketing. And mm-hmm. so what we do is we do a audit of those needs and we come up with a package to help them with lead generation and SEO content marketing, and now we're even diving into the PR space, so helping thought leaders get their message out on major platforms by connecting them to writers um, on, you know, platforms where leaders would be interested in, in learning and hearing their story and potential buyers lurking out there. Um, so trying to get them in front of those audiences as well. Hmm. So it seems like you're doing a lot of work to really go out there and help these businesses go expand their thought leadership, grow social media, uh, do sales and whatnot. Like, um, let's say I'm just your average Joe. Let's just say my name is Joe and I'm like, hi, hi, John. I want to hire you to do my, (coughs) to do your services. Um, and let's say I own, uh, no, let's see, what kind of company should I own? Let's say I own, like, a medical practice or something. What do you think are the most valuable services for someone like me? So, um, are you, you're, you'd be a startup company with a, within the medical services industry? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. So, you know, one of the things I, I tell startup companies is they need to market themselves. The founders need to market themselves as thought leaders. Mm. So their personal brand becomes equally as important as the business brand. And the reason that is, is brands have advertised and marketed themselves over the years and been in the face of consumers for so long that we really built up a resistant to brand advertising. And now people are, are connecting to thought leaders and educational-based content that's being put out from thought leaders in their industry. So I think that every company needs to have a front man or woman, a leader of the band, if you will, that is the face of the company and is out there and producing great content. And it doesn't have to be blogs like, uh, like I like to write it. You know, people need to, when you're developing a personal brand, you need to have good content, but there's different types of content you can have now. Certainly video is very powerful. So you need to find a way 
where your voice resonates in, in medium and then really pursue that medium to get your voice out to um, to an audience, whether it's a podcast like this or maybe you want to write a book or um, there's in different ways that you can get a voice out there using digital media these days. So my advice is to develop the corporate message, but also have individual thought leaders out there pushing the word of mouth to their networks and developing educational based content that's getting distributed through the company ecosystem out into the social media channels. So if I were to theoretically work with you, what you would do is extract this thought leadership out of me, write it on my behalf, or how does that like work? Yeah, so a lot of, um, you know, when you work with me, you're, you're outsourcing your marketing and your sales for the price of, you know, basically hiring an entry-level marketing a new hire right out of college. So the pricing is really competitive and you're working with an expert and a team of experts. So, um, you know, I help craft the message for the company and develop the thought leadership because the bit, you know, the owner, the, the founder, they're busy doing the other aspects of their business that drive revenue on a day-in-day-in-day basis. So they don't have time to necessarily create that content. So I do help them create it on the back end, give them ideas, uh, make it easier for them to, to create content, and you know, help them you know, manage their brand in a way that's effective and that creates influence within their sphere. <clears throat> that sounds pretty interesting. So you really go out there, you take that leader, and you're build, basically building them out to be a thought leader. Absolutely. I take, you know, every, every startup founder is a, is a thought leader. They have these great ideas that are potentially disruptive and a lot of them just don't know how to get their message out there or they don't. Cool. So I can definitely see uh, when uh, <clears throat> this thought leadership really comes into play. So for me, like I, I really believe in thought leadership as well and really going out there and building personal brands because, I mean, let's say you're running a startup Five years from now, that startup may or may not exist, but you're always going to be left with yourself. And if you're producing educational-type content, kind of like what John said, uh, what you're really doing is you're positioning yourself as an expert. And let's say five years from now, that company goes away, you're still the expert within that space. So whether that company exists or not, you still can maintain that reputation. You still carry that over. You still carry over your expertise. People are able to really see what you're doing. And you're able to uh, go and make content. Um, John, so what are some of the long-term benefits that you've been able to see when people build their thought leadership? Well, when, when you build your thought leadership, it just makes sales that much easier. 
because you have an inbound approach as opposed to always having to be an outbound and you're looking for opportunities. When you're a thought leader, you're putting out informational-based content that draws people to you, and that's really the big difference. So you have leads that are coming in based off of your content, not just your outbound sales efforts. And when you establish that leadership, it really gives you the social proof you need to show your level of expertise to your prospect and make them feel comfortable with doing business with you because they see you as an expert and not just a salesperson that's trying to get into their bank account. That really, to me, is the the big difference. So the person who you're hopping on the phone with or who you're talking to, they have a big shift in perception in regards to talking to you about your services. Absolutely. When you have that credibility because someone has seen your content and it's piqued their interest, but it's something you have produced has drawn them to you. That is a warm lead. They're already interested when they reach out. So my best leads for my business come from people that have read my blog posts. And the message usually starts with, Hey, John, I read your post about X, Y, and Z. And it got me to thinking about my business and my marketing or my sales and I'd like you to help me with this or that. And so when I have that credibility already of having piqued that prospect's interest, it just makes the sales process below much smoother. And you don't have to overcome that doubt of credibility that is often so difficult when you're just cold calling or cold emailing someone. Yeah, definitely. Like with my business, I kind of experienced the same thing where people really go out there, uh, they read about me in an article, a publication, or something like that, or maybe it's something I wrote, a video I created, maybe someone else wrote about me, whatever it is. Like what ends up happening is people kind of flip around and they read through my content, they get to know me. They look at my bio, they learn a little bit more about me, they end up on my company website, then they end up contacting me about the services that I have to offer. And usually what these people really do is, um, one, they already trust you because if they didn't, they really wouldn't be reaching out to you. Two, most of these people are also giving you their budget, telling you how much money that they could kind of work with. And three, they're looking for how you could really go out there and solve that problem of theirs. And what you really need to do when you hop on the phone with someone like that is, one, they're looking at you as the expert. They know you're the best at what you do, or they know that you're really, really good at what you do. And two, what they want to do is they want to make sure that you're able to solve that problem that they have. So one, when they have, when they know you're the expert, that shift the perception per that perception shift is there. They look at you as the expert. They know that you know what to do to fix their problem. They know that you could go out there and actually solve the issues that they have. 
and they respect you and trust you, which is a great thing because when you're cold calling someone, when you're knocking at someone's door, when you're doing anything else sales-related, like people are like, who is this person? Do I know them? Do I not? And you don't have that kind of credibility that you instantly get when people are reaching out to you. Next is a uh, great thing is when you're going out there and creating this type of content, um, that you're seen as the expert, not by just the person who's looking at you, but then when you go to close the deal with them, I mean, they're, it's so much easier because you know what they want to spend, you know what their problems are, and you can kind of pet <clears throat> package together uh, something that's handcrafted to fit their needs and fit within their budget. And guess what? When you're doing something like that, I mean, how hard is it to really say, no, I can't use your services when you're really in a situation like that? Like, I'm sure John has a pretty high closing ratio, especially since he's able to go out there and deal with these types of leads that come in for him as well, where they're like, oh, look, I want to work with you. I want the services that you have. I trust you. I bred your work. And it kind of gives you that overall credibility. And what he's really created here is a lot of social proof. Being a contributor for Inc. Magazine, uh, going out there and creating thought leadership within the communities, going out there and writing and making sure his content's out there and he's producing content under his own name still. People are looking to him as that go-to expert within the content marketing field. Now, if you're going out there and you want to be a thought leader within your industry, let's say it's a medical startup, for example, then you're going to be needing to create that same type of content as well because then people are going to be like, oh, look, uh, Joe, this guy Joe, is going out there creating medical tech content. They probably have to really be that expert within their field. And chances are, if you're able to really see that content and they're owning a company kind of like the ones that John mentioned, then you probably are an expert within your space and you really are a thought leader. Uh, so what it's really doing is you're going out there and communicating that thought leadership into the world. Now, a personal brand is able to do a lot of great things. You heard how John was out there making a living, but then being absolutely miserable. When he started building out his personal brand, he had a huge shift. Now he's making more money than he was making at his job where there was no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no more stress in his life. I mean, maybe there's a few stresses, but, but no major stresses where there's, you feel like you're trapped, you don't know what you're doing, and things just continue to look like they're falling apart over and over and over again. But you just lose all, basically on almost all hope. And when you're trying to leave a position like that, I mean, the most intuitive thing to do is, is to go find another job, kind of like what John did. But... That ended up having him be in almost the exact same situation he was in to begin with. And the only way that John actually broke free of that is by going out there and building that personal brand, writing that article that he gave to his professor and putting that onto the internet and going out there and sharing his story of how he was able to go out there and deal with a, a boss that wasn't really, a, that was pretty abusive and everything and probably had horrible management styles. By him being able to relate and connect with others, by him going out there and being vulnerable and showcasing um, who he truly is and then showcasing his expertise as well. People went out there and started to pay him for writing and he kind of shifted that into what his whole career is now. I mean, I don't know what John was making. Let's say it was like a hundred grand a year, but if he's making more money now, more than what he was making, plus he's also not have to deal with the uh, stress that he had to deal with his old manager, not having to deal with all those problems, then guess what? Uh, life is kind of great, right? 
So, I mean, this is growing your influence tree and building a personal brand and, you know, getting all the uh, significant milestones that you really need in life. And a lot of people don't really know how that translates in the real world. Like, you look at me, my income's doubled a few times, which is kind of great. You look at John, John's making more money than he ever was. You look at my business partner, Brian Folan, he's out there just crushing it, speaking all across the world. And, like, these personal brands really do make a difference. They really shape who you are. And um, they kind of changed everything. Like back in 2013, when I first started writing, I knew no one. I was like, "Who? what am I doing with my life? No one likes me. I'm just a loser. And I'm just sitting around going, what am I going to do? And I started writing too, kind of like what John did. The next thing you know, like all these interesting people started to connect with me. People who graduated from Ivy League schools, people who worked at McKinsey & Co., people who worked at the biggest companies in the world, people who I never even thought that I would ever talk to in my entire life. We're all becoming my friends on a deep personal level. So is it possible to really go out there and make these kinds of changes in your life? I mean, I went from $16.24 an hour to being able to live a pretty comfortable life now. John's been able to get out of the dead-end job and really go out there and be happy, fulfilled, and spring's coming up. And guess what? He's able to go outside and enjoy himself. So, I mean, is it possible? Of course it is. And even if you can't see that light at the end of the tunnel, just know that it's there. And what you really have to do is just take the actions to really get out of that uh, situation and not really look to get out, but just take those actions, make those habits, and make something happen. Uh, if you really want to follow us on social media, you're more than welcome to. I'm at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. Uh, John, you're at Juan Blanco 63? 36. 36. Juan Blanco 76. <laughs> <laughs> one Blanco 36 on there. You can find him there. Uh, I mean, feel free to reach out to either of us. We're friendly. We're able to connect and everything. And, you know, there's a lot of great things going on. Uh, and uh, was there any final words you wanted to say, John? Hey, Leonard. I just I appreciate the conversation. And I just wanted to, to reach out one last time to those people that maybe find themselves in that situation of hopelessness in their career to not stop chasing your dreams. Don't give up. Keep going out there and being you and chase your dreams and keep moving forward and build that personal brand. You are worth it and you deserve to be a thought leader. You can do it. If I can do it, if Leonard can do it, there's a way forward. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for those uh, encouraging words and for being on the show today. And uh, once again, welcome, uh, we'll be signing out from Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out. Stand apart and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.